Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Happy Monday, all. It's the 30th of January. I'm Pete Donaldson, and this is the Luke and Pete Show. But where's the Luke compliment of that particular uh, situation? Here he is. He's in his room. Hello, Here Luke, I in am. your room. Here I am. How do you do? Oh, what was that now? That uh, was the little finger song, wasn't it, when you were a kid? Oh, yes. Tommy I thought Thumb. it was like, I thought you were singing Hello. Remember the Hello Johnny song? <laughs> I can't, do you remember Hello I Johnny? What well, uh, it was like a man with a moustache. Hello, Hello Johnny song. Um, and it was like, uh, uh, that's not helped. I don't think it was Hello Johnny, no, because uh, <laughs> I think Ween wrote a song called Hello Johnny, and the cover is... Uh... This is an absolutely brilliant example of someone who's coming to this show for the first time, what to expect. What's the Hello Sun song? It was like, Hello... Jo-. And he had a little moustache. It was a song for kids, and he had, and the man and the dad had a little moustache, and he was from Central CGI Casting, and he went, uh, and he was talking about, I think, telling his kid not to eat so much food. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat so much food, he was saying. How was Hello. that too much sugar-free licorice today? Hello, son, food song. <laughs> no, that's not it either. So Someone anyway, will find it. Anyway, while, while, it while Pete slowly unravels, um, <laughs> the song I was doing was, it's like you did a different fingers on the hand. So Tommy Thumb, yeah. Peter Pointer, right. Policeman Tall was the middle one. Yeah, uh, Ruby Ring pink. was the th- uh, the third finger, and then Baby Small was the little finger. Baby what? Small. Baby Small. And you, you, and you sing it to, a, to like a baby or whatever to let That's them know about their fingers. That's very cute. I don't know where it came from. I just thought of it and I just sang it. I don't know why. Um, Hello, Johnny. It was. He had a quite a, quite a thick kind of sort of sort of South Asian accent. I, I, I can't figure it out. This is getting mind. weirder and weirder. It's just getting weirder and weirder. It sounds like a Pete Donaldson soundboard. It's just getting weirder and weirder. Hey, be- uh, Luke, did you see um, that um, little uh, forwarding of a estate agent's uh, listing uh, in um, the WhatsApp group? Oh, no, I haven't, looked, I haven't clicked on it. Let me look at it now. You, carry, on it. you intro it and I'll have a basically, look at it. Basically, um, there was... I don't know who owned this house, but they basically... I think they were trying to sell it as like um, a house that's dedicated to crypto and NFTs and stuff like that, and uh, it, they put it on the they put it on the the, the market for like over like one point two million, I think. It's in uh, North Hollywood, uh, California, hmm. and um, built in nineteen fifty two, just a normal kind of like wooden fucking big old um, Californian house, uh, and they <laughs> and they put it on for like. <laughs> 
a hundred and uh, sorry, one one point two million, and they keep on having to sort of cut it because they've just they've just created this absolutely monstrous bloody house. They've crypto called it a crypto house. house, and they've got like big signs up saying crypto house, uh, and all of like the like the the hearths around the uh, around the the, the the fireplaces. One of the are rooms is like, decorated with Twitter screenshots. It's yeah, it's just kind of like they, they've sort of decorated it with like. They've just made it look absolutely horrific, but they've got like loads of, um, uh, you know, the crypto punks. They're like really shit NFTs with, uh, you've got the apes, you've got the crypto punks, yeah. uh, and they're kind of NFTs that have literally no artistic flair to them at all. They're just these modular, pixelated monstrosities. I mean, out of, out of the shower of shit, which is the NFT um, space... Even for them, I mean, it's absolutely atrocious. They've put um, Bitcoin uh, uh, signs on the wall. Uh, they've put like um, green fake um, grass inside the house in the bedrooms and stuff, which I'm not massively against, but it does make it look like <laughs> an influencer house. Why are you not against that? I think it would feel really nice on the old. I've just seen the Twitter. I think it would feel really nice on the old feet. I've, yeah, I have just noticed they've uh, they, they've decorated with them. Um, they've decorated one of the rooms with tweets. I wonder what those yeah. tweets are. I bet it's all about crypto and NFTs and stuff like that and I, I've going to the moon. A, I've just clicked a box saying, no, I would not like a tour of this property. <laughs> it's just astonishing. But I just think, because you're obviously someone who's who's uh, uh, spent a bit, dropped a bit of coin on uh, on a recent refurbishment. Do you think you've missed out on doing something like this? Well, uh, the way I see it is like, if it, if it was like a complete car crash of a house and they were selling it super cheap because mm. of that, like... It's not the worst idea in the world to get it because if you, if you essentially, if it's you're just paying a bit of wallpaper, isn't it? Yeah, if you're if you're paying way under the odds for bricks and mortar, then you do a refurb. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna mm. spend a fraction of the money you've saved refurbing it, and, and it's a, yeah. a bit of upheaval. It's a pain in the ass, and I'm living through that right now. Um, but long term, it's a really, I think it's a, pr- a pretty good idea. Yeah, I've got no beef yeah. with it, mate. You got no beef with it, but no. But the actual design itself, do you think you should put some of your best tweets? You could put that on the wall behind you. You could cover this the wall that you're in, the the, the room that you're in now with yeah. with your best tweets, more successful drops on Twitter. Probably be the smallest wall. I'd have to. <laughs> I'd have to uh, I don't. I don't think the thing. This is this is a shame about this whole thing. I I've been on Twitter for ages, mm. and I don't think I've. I can't think of a single tweet I've done where I've gone. That's a fucking really good tweet. Whereas you've done loads, right? What do you mean? As in what you've never pressed a, what you've never pressed send, and you've thought that's going to bang? No, I have loads of times, but it never oh. has. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. It. I think it's a hateful place, and I'm. I'm. I, every time I, I I put a little thing out, it never bangs, and I go. I'm just a bit. It, it just sort of fortifies that I'm a bit of a fucking dickhead. No, but I think <laughs> every I think time I've got a no theory reaction. about your output, and I've, I think I've shared it before. Maybe not on this show, though. So I'll, so I'll share it again now. So you are really good, right? You're really creative. Your stuff's really good, and I Thanks, personally man. really like it. Which I guess is probably what's brought part of the reason it's brought us together. But the problem is, and it pissed me off when I realised this because obviously it's affected my bottom line to quite a great extent. You're not mainstream. Right. So your okay. shit never yeah. goes over. It never crosses over. You're almost, you're almost like, I don't know, you're like talking heads. Like, you do enough to, to, to be able to get by and you'll make some money and you'll sell some records and you'll do some crossover bits here and there, mm. but you're never going to be accepted by the mainstream. I just think that, I think that um, it upsets me every time I post something on social media and it's kind of like, I've not explained that. Uh, every time I click send and nobody, nobody talks, you know, nobody likes it, I always go, 
you're not explaining that. You you've you've gone to that thinking that people have a lot of knowledge that you that that they don't have, and you've not explained yourself. It's arrogance, if anything. <laughs> it's arrogance. This bit you're you probably think the same way as me. You don't need this piece of information. <laughs> I think I think that you're that's that's not just Twitter though. Yeah, yeah, that's just my life. Generally. But at least here I can ask. I mean, me tweeting, what was that song about Hello Johnny? Stop eating all the food. Uh, I would get a response, but it's not It's not like, it's not social media, is it? Just you're, not, be from, you're not adding anything to the conversation. You're the just response using... you'll get will just be from hot and horny singles in your area. <laughs> you do, whenever like you do, uh, you're involved or CC'd in on a tweet that's from like a popular account, like Abroad in Japan or Football Ramble or whatever. Like about a month later, you will get just weird um sex bots kind of retweeting or replying or something and it's I think it's got like, much worse since uh, musk's um yeah probably there's some there's probably it. something to be said for that they've turned all the third party api access off haven't they but um yeah i, ju- I you just sort of think these women that they've used the photographs for they're out there yeah they're there like you know so that's somebody's life that you know obviously they've presumably put those pictures out there on the internet but like they they're not tracking their picture getting used all over the gaff. It's mad. Oh, I assume I assume that they the the photos would just be from stock images that you agree to get paid to pose for, and then you just nah. sign them rights away. Nah, just steal them, don't they? Just got woman, tiny waist, big boobs. But that does on. happen, though, right? People do do that, right? Well, like stock images. Yeah, people use stock images. Yeah, definitely. But like, I I don't think I don't think a bot farm really gives a shit about um, intellectual property. <laughs> well, that's probably fair. Yeah. Mm. Um, speaking cool. of um, speaking of nothing like this at all, um, mm. but you mentioned earlier this. This is how ridiculous my brain is. Earlier mm. on, you mentioned the word mustache, and um, I watched the first season of White Lotus. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Fine. Have you seen it? I've not seen the first season. I've seen the second season. Oh, okay, I didn't realize they were standalone. So I think I might have had a bit of a pop at you last time when you said that. But they're standalone <laughs> scenes, like. The first season's really, really good, and um, right. the guy who runs the the hotel has got an amazing mustache. He's a brilliant character. It's, it's a really good series, by the way. Yeah, I should go back and watch it. Um, I'm trying to think who's in it. I can't remember. Well, the, se- the second season, one's good. Season one's got Alexandra Daddario in it. It's got um, Sydney Sweeney in it. It's got um, oh, one or two others. Um, right. Oh, uh, Jennifer Coolidge is in it, and she's in season yep. two as well. Yes, yeah, with yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Christopher Moltisanti, which is always great to see. I sort of only, I only sort of, with with Coolidge, um, I've only just recently figured out the joke. What do you I, mean? Well, like, in every role I've ever seen her, she kind of plays similar characters where she's, like, a bit broken and she does disappointed very well and stuff like she's that. She's a character actor, isn't she? But I, Yeah, but it's one character and I just thought that, that she was just a bit... Bit of like you know an older kind of um, glamorous woman kind of uh, vibe, and the uh, and I I didn't realise she was like she did ten years in the fucking footlings is it footlings no groundlings it's like she's a proper studied I just thought she was playing the same character every time but like she's in on the fucking joke and she she's she she's found a bit of a niche and she does that uh, pretty yeah. much every time but she's got proper fucking chops and I didn't. Give her the. I didn't give her the time of day. Really, I didn't realize that she was so well. Why didn't? Why do you think you didn't respect her? I don't know. I just thought it was just kind of like because I think the first time I saw she was like she was doing Stifler's mom, and you know Stifler's mom is kind of the same character as as White Lotus, and probably I haven't seen her in in, in many versatile roles. But um, yeah, I, th- I I maybe just haven't sort of run into her a lot. But I I didn't realize she was a real 
comedy actor that knew what was going on. <laughs> I just thought she was like just playing the same character every time. When people when people <laughs> act to the level where they're in that kind of thing, they do tend to know what's happening, though. Yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not just I've like just you got no me, respect for actors, making shit up as we go along. <laughs> but they, they are they are actually doing it. I think. Yeah, uh, I thought so. I thought the first season was really good. I I, I kind of found like it was. I don't know about if I'm explaining myself well, but it felt obviously it's got a bit of the Wes Anderson about it. But yeah. Okay. I also felt a bit like it was gonna turn really sinister, but it never actually did. And I also, it kind of is sinister in its own way. It's kind of like white supremacist, kind of wealthy people kind of way. I get, I get right. the obvious kind of overtones, but I also didn't realize that it's written, directed, created by the guy who plays Ned Schneebly in School of Rock. <laughs> Well, I didn't see that one coming either. <laughs> Do you know the guy who plays the kind of henpecked boyfriend of Sarah Silverman in School of Rock, who Jack Black's character impersonates? Luke, I've never seen School of Rock. What? It's a classic. Is it? It's is a it real really? classic, mate. It's a real classic. Honestly, <laughs> there will be listeners all over the country and indeed the world recoiling at that news. Come on. <laughs> it's a great movie. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I, I, anyway, I bloody enjoyed um, season one. I, I shall... Um, I shall definitely indulge in season two, although I haven't yet. But um, mm. I, uh, I realise that it's like the same type of thing, but just set in a different place with different characters, which is uh, interesting. Um, mm. Pete, I was going to say to you, did you um, see this um, story about that um, one of it- one of Italy's top mafia bosses caught after thirty years on the run? Oh no! What did he look like? I want to see this. Where's this? Well, this is the thing. It's disappointing because normally they get a lot of plastic surgery done, don't they? Yes. And uh, so he he's um, he was arrested at a private health clinic in I think Palermo in Sicily. Mm. Uh, he's been on the run since I think 1992. Uh, Matteo Messina Denaro, his name is, um, and he was wanted for for obviously a load of a load of different crimes. But when he was arrested, he had like a, a hat like yours on actually. Um, <laughs> and then sunglasses and a jacket up high, so you couldn't really tell what he looked oh, like. That's a shame. But um, I just thought to myself, he's, he's basically li- what they do. These guys is they live almost in the community, and everyone in the community knows who they are, but no one will say, no, no one will kind of, you know what I mean? No one will kind of rat them out, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just thought to myself, it's quite. A, at what point does it become? I know, I know, for them, it's a game to be won and all the rest of it. But at what point? Thirty years looking over your shoulder is quite a tough thing to do, right? Maybe it's just a, like a big relief when it actually happens, like pulling off that plaster, the thing that you've thought about all of your life, and then you're in a situation where someone fingers your collar, so to speak, and, and, you, and, you, and you're done, really. Yeah, there's definitely been an element of relief to it, I think. I think and how do, but you got something, are you still, once you were kind of compromised and the police are looking out for you, like, can you still run your network? Can you still kind of like... Apparently you he still was. Have a, right, okay, so you can still make a bit of cash. Apparently, I, yeah. I, yeah, they seized assets... Related, I mean, so a while ago now they seized assets that essentially are linked to him of about $1.4 billion a while ago. Right, okay. And um, the quirkiest part of the story is that um, obviously Italian um, authorities have been trying to get hold of this guy for such a long time, one of the most wanted men in the world. Um, Like a couple of his family members have been arrested back in the day. Uh, One of his associates was arrested, I think, 10 10 or so years ago. Um, but there was few. There weren't hardly, hardly any photos of him. They were going on like digital composites to to try and reconstruct what he actually looked like. Mm. And then apparently in September of 2021, um, a man was arrested in, ne- in the Netherlands um, at gunpoint by Italian um, p- 
police and the operation with Dutch authorities who just turned out to be a Formula One fan from Liverpool on holiday. <laughs> what, who looked like the composite? They just maybe. thought I think they just thought he looked like him, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that for, a, for an experience on your holiday. <laughs> that would really... Uh, you get a book out of it, wouldn't you? Messina Denaro nicknamed Diabolique. Yeah, named after an Italian comic book character, apparently. Well, presumably Diabolique is... Um, uh, is uh, oh, I've just realised. So diabolical, would that be something connected to Diablo? The devil, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Oh. Um, I think well, that, that name's out and about now because he's he's under lock and key. So I'll I think I'm going to be. I don't have a middle name, Pete Diabolic Donaldson. Diggory, you got Diggory. Diggory, all right, Pete Diggory Diabolic Donaldson. Do you reckon, the I thing like is it. about the thing is about that? Um, obviously, he's been you know he's. You know, been suspected of and no doubt involved in all sorts of horrific crimes. I think, I mean, some of the stuff I read that he'd been sort of linked with is truly horrific, like the worst mm. stuff you can think of. But, but so I'm not kind of, I'm not defending it, but being that disciplined about being on the run for that amount mm. of time, mm. there's not, I don't reckon there's many people that could do that. No, like, I mean, well, I mean, just, just, just look, look at the, look at the whole, um, you know, look at the performance. Like he's the only one who's kind of, Who's who's managed it? I think surely. I think there are other people who. There's, there's, there's a list on Wikipedia. I was looking at it earlier of, of criminals that have never been caught, mm. and there's there are some that have been around. But then I guess I suppose maybe they could have died and no one talked about it or whatever. But like my point being that if you to be genuinely in hiding, of course you need a network of people loyal to you, which you obviously would have had. Yeah. But I mean, you have to essentially think about every single move all the time. And on, on the flip side, on the flip side of that. The guy who wrote Gomorrah, the book Roberto Saviano, um, he was essentially he basically lives a life now, I think even now, years on, where he has to like move every three nights or something. He's got a full detail, security detail around the clock, he can't go to certain events because he thinks the Gomorrah are still trying to kill him. Mm. Like the level the levels to this are crazy. And and mm. I think if you're on the run for that amount of time, you can't you've got to be flawless, basically. You can't You've got to be so disciplined. I just don't think mm. you or I could anywhere near do that. I'm, I'm looking at all the, uh, I'm looking at all like a list of criminals who've never been caught, and you, you know, this is a funny little show we dick about. Somebody, like, oh, you know, the, the Jack the Ripper, like, Charlie Chopoff. That's an interesting. Oh God, yeah, that, that that's horrific. Uh, yeah. And and that's why I never understand how true crime podcasts can do, like, can have those kind of like, ha ha. Uh, like kind of funny podcasts about some fucking horrific crimes, yeah. and then you know, and kind of having their cake and eat it a little bit. It's quite difficult, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, I, I, I think I find that um, some of them are very unsavory, which is why I was pretty um, happy when we did the interruption because that's like a it is essentially a crime. Um, no one's died being committed, yeah, but it's not. It's not. There's, there's not. It's even like a, t- a quite a successful podcast, isn't there? Called My Favorite Murder, where they basically mm. just talk about their favorite murders that have happened. Mm. It's a bit like mm, I'm not sure. I, it's not something I would mm. like to do. Put it that I way. I watched. I watched a bit of. Um, I watched uh, that little documentary about. Um, you know that? Do you remember that? Do you remember that um, uh, hitchhiker from like something like ten years ago? He was a hitchhiker, and he was like um, interviewed on the news after um, this bloke had gone a bit wacky. Oh, uh, and he went t- mental t- with his and depression, he went, and, and and he and and he went mad and started trying to um, kill these people and. Um, this hitchhiker bashed him in the head with a with a with a mallet or a, an axe, like a little mini mini axe or something. Um, and he uh, and soon afterwards he was um, arrested for the murder of a man. <laughs> like, cause, but he was this really charismatic kind of um, homeless kid. 
who was just like oh know, i he, do remember that he, like, he was like a surfer dude type guy he's like a surfer dude he like you know he used to run the he used to ride the rails and stuff and do you know just just hang out and go surfing and drink and stuff and he uh he was like the darling of of america for about a couple of weeks and then he was arrested for the murder of some block it was like wow that was a that was a really quick turnaround is it is he called um is he known on online as Kai the Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker? Kai the Hatchet Wielding, yeah, that guy, Hitchhiker, yeah. And he was like, and and the whole documentary is about him, about this one lucky uh, then sports reporter for a, for a local, I think Fox affiliate or, or NBC or something, and he manages to um, get this kid to get the first interview and the only interview, and he's the only person to get hold of this kid who's obviously transient in in his in his movements and. Uh, he obviously he's the darling. He's this kind of like um, charismatic kind of like uh, you know um, Californian kid, and he uh, and so all the TV stations want him. You know, reality TV show want want a bit of Kai, the hatchet wielding. Yeah, he was on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, and and so part of the story is them just getting him in to, to do Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, it was just just sounds like it, it's just it's an absolute like maniac. Absolutely, you know, clearly got massive issues, but uh, but because he's got a, quite a sunny disposition and it's quite good for a little um, a little TV interview. Uh, he, he he everyone was just looking for him to, to to for him to make a load of money and be the next big thing, but uh, he didn't fancy that, and he, he it turns out he killed a bloke. Did fifty seven? He's doing fifty seven years in prison for murdering a seventy three year old man. Yeah, I, and I mean, I will say for anybody who's seen that uh, documentary, I would. It's 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 an it was an interesting dynamic about how Kai the, the hitchhiker managed to find his way into some old boy's house. I, I'm just I'm just saying, I I can understand why he's behind bars. I just I'm just not exactly sure. Seventy three years. Uh, is is commensurate with what seems to have gone on? Like fifty-seven years, know. he's doing. It seemed it 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 just seemed like an interesting dynamic. Ex-judge taking a young man off the streets when there's you know there's so many homeless people in 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 California. Takes him off the streets, takes him round his house. It it just it it just seemed a yeah, bit. You like can't kill a man, odd... Pete, can you? You can't kill. You can't a man. kill a man. Yeah, but I mean, you don't know what happened or was accused of happening. What Kai said happened. Exactly. No, I'm going to watch the documentary because that sounds right up my street. It's interesting. It's interesting. It sounds bloody it just, interesting. But the, these guys who are, these these guys and gals who, who find have their five minutes of fame uh, within you know it seems like it, it's the time frame seems to get shorter and shorter. Um, you you you'll ultimately find out something about them that's way less palatable than what you would put on Jimmy Kimmel, let's say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's kind of a I, I can't really think of another story like that. Obviously, when you first started turning the story, I thought you were talking about <clears throat> there's a guy who I can't remember the detail of this, but there was a guy who did an, or a woman maybe did an impression of what happened to apparently happened to her husband, say in this mm. random murder in a car in a lay-by in England somewhere. Right. And there's something about the way she did the impression, I believe, which meant detective was like, hang on a fucking minute. And they and they started investigating her. It turned out she was convicted and she was guilty of the crime. All right, okay. That's yeah. what I thought you were talking about at the start, but obviously I do remember this guy now. He And, and the thing is, you can almost understand why they wanted to get a piece of him, all these entertainment people, because he's so charismatic. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was an absolute dream. I remember seeing him and going, like, it was up there with that guy, you know that surfer who was going, pow, pow, pow. Remember, he did that interview and he's like going, yeah. and I was up there and he was like, 
pow, pow, yeah, yeah. Pow. The whoop, pow, pow, pow uh, guy, you know. But I've often said this on this show, like in, in the US, it's very clear <clears throat> that they they know, like you, you go to the US and you want to do a Vox Pop or something. Mm. You won't have to wait long before you find someone who is absolutely brilliant on camera or on mic. <laughs> Like it's ca- exactly. like everything feels like it's an extension of the entertainment industry in the US, whether it's politics or law or sport mm. or whatever. Mm. It's almost like growing up in an environment where entertainment is so prevalent breeds these characters. I've done so many vox pops as a, as a young kind of student or whatever around um, England and in the town I grew up and stuff like that. It's impossible to find anyone who even wants to talk to you, let alone mm. anyone who's got any charisma to actually pull something <laughs> off. But in America, they seem to be everywhere. Yeah, would you ever sort of like? Would you ever kind of get a? Um, would you ever sort of get get involved in in a vox pop? Would you kind of like? Would you ever kind of be in a situation where someone's in in, in the street and asks you a question? No, I mean, no, I I I would happily just walk past and go, no thanks. Yeah, so it happened. No to, I, the, the most recent time it happened to me is when I told you I was on that plane, go, that flight to Boston, hmm. and a woman tried to open the door on the flight. Oh yeah, I remember. So she yeah, got brilliant. detained, and then because yeah. it like a week after some terrorist incident, they wondered if it was linked. So all the northeast New England press were at the arrivals when I landed. Mm. There was loads of those. It's almost like a cliche thing, but there was loads of people with a microphone with loads of makeup on their face and a camera person with them, mm. and they were interviewing people about it. And they tried to interview me, but I I, I had just seen my now wife for the first time in a long time, and I was. I was like, oh, I'm not fucking interested in this. I want to go and find my wife. So, oh, my girlfriend, as it was at the time. And so I just I breezed dubbed, past. I would have dubbed her in. <laughs> yeah. That's it, it was her. Yeah. She was absolutely she, out of a She wasn't there. on the flight, though, so it would have oh, been no. the perfect crime. Do it, um, anyway. Anyway, let's have a quick break. When we come back, we've got an email or two to do, um, and we should do them because they're backing up in the inbox. So um, we'll see you at the other side of this. All right, then. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're back with the Luke and Pete show, and we've got emails. I'm going to say hello to Dulta. Hello, Dulta. Uh, a man who paints houses is the title of this uh, email. Hi, lads. Long time, first time from Dublin. Just listening to your most recent podcast, suggesting that getting professionals in is the best for painting the house. Well, let me tell you, I thought I hired a painter to paint the house, but what I got was a man who paints houses. A mafia huh. reference there apparently. Uh, we were getting ready to sell our home and figured uh, that we should repaint the interior and all the exterior. 
front exterior is an anthracite ga- uh, grey, uh, steady. Uh, side <laughs> wall had never been painted. Uh, the specific RAL colour was 7004. So I hired this guy through a popular handyman site. He came out and we handed him the previous paint tins that were half full, paint names fully visible, and said, if you need more paint, lad, there's the names, all good. Uh, so we get a call to say, all done, come and have a check, and then you can uh, send over the rest of the cash. Uh, so we rock up to the house and immediately see there's a massive colour difference between the side of the house and the front. <laughs> so we go inside and that is all good, no problems there. So I text the guy and say, listen, that's all great, but it looks like you've got the wrong colour for the side. In fact, here's a picture of the paint tin that you used. It's called Jack Black. I'll send you the money for the interior, but can you just come and sort the side out, please? This is where things go more man who paints houses. What follows are a series of increasingly threatening texts ranging from the bizarre, well, this is what the accountant is for, to, to insisting I come down to the house to show him the different colour and also general questions about my manhood and manliness. <laughs> At one stage, she simply texted me back my mother's home address. We were staying with What? Them. Eventually, we agreed to meet at the house, which I wasn't really enthusiastic about, to show him the different paint cans. He insisted it was still the same can. Uh, so myself and my wife uh, arrive earlier than planned and have a look. Lo and behold, the two paint cans, old and new, have matching names. But that can't be right. I've got a photo right here of the label on the old can, uh, <laughs> which we'd sent him before handing over. I look close at the old can of paint and notice there's a faint hint that it's a sticker over a sticker that my wife begins to slowly peel off the outer layer and the old RAL 7004 sticker is revealed. I'm elated. This is it. We have him. He tried to purposefully deceive us. Then it dawned on both of us. This lunatic lunatic tried to purposefully deceive us. Get the fuck out of the house right now. So we scarper, not wanting to meet, meet our maker. Uh, we bump into a friend outside who offers to hang around with us. Uh, we do, and we eventually meet the guy who still blindly desires it all, then goes into a spin sting. We stuck the second sticker over. Eventually, still not wanting to get murdered, I agree to pay him a portion of the remainder so he'll simply fuck off. Thanks to the podcast, lads. Keeps things interesting in work. Uh, Dulta. Um, now, I, now they, they attached a picture of the house. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the side of the house does look like a very different shade to to the front of the house. Is that fair to say, Lukey Um, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be looking at. I think, so the front of the house is kind of like a grey. Yeah. And the side of the house is your old Jack Black. But that's just a shadow, isn't it? Could be, but it sounds, I mean, it sounds like the preceding email is detailed uh, that they're not happy with the, <laughs> I, with listen, the different I fully different understand colours. that Dalter isn't happy yeah. with the work. Yeah. And I also I don't think the painter showered himself in glory either with his no, behaviour. No, I, 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 think, I think if you're... <laughs> Why did he do it? I mean, could he just sort of go, I can't find that pen? Yeah. Don't just fucking stop. You've done all the work. You've done the hard work. It's Why not like, be a weirdo about it? It's not it? like you're, you know, you're going to cover it up with something else, is it? It's the side no. of a, outside of a house. Like, so he's, they're <laughs> going to check it probably, aren't they? Yeah. But like, I will say that you've got a lovely front of your house. You've got these big kind of like, uh, what do you call those kind of like big stable doors or a big kind of like... Can you park your car in there? I can't really tell, to be honest. But it's yeah, a great bit of it's, it's a it's, um, it's a nice colour. I actually think it's a very nice colour for the outside of a house. Mm. It, I mean, I'm talking about the front of it. I'm not trying to wind up daughter, who I understand is not very happy with the side of the house. It's mm. got a lovely um, sort of light pink door. Mm. Um, I think it looks nice. Um, but listen, ultimately, if you're not happy with the work and he's not followed the instructions, then. You know, I understand the, the, the desire to not want to be murdered. So whatever the negotiation <laughs> was, I'm sure they're perfectly content with. But, you know, you have got to really check the pe- person's references before they do it. Like the, the guy who's doing my, um, the decorated my house inside, he's mm. also decorated a friend of mine's house and it looks amazing. So that's the reference I went for. Yeah. 
Indeed. But listen, you live and learn, daughter. I'm sure you won't make the same mistake again. There's lots of dads listening to this show right now who are going, well, just paint it yourself. Just do it yourself. And it, <laughs> it, it goes yourself. wrong. You've got no issues. You've saved yourself a bit of money. You've got no one yeah. to blame but yourself. Would you paint the outside of a house, Peter? Um, I mean, I find painting very, very boring. But as long as I had the right tools, like a little, like a little frame or something, like the right ladder. As long as you got the right ladder, I think you're yeah, you're pretty sorted. In one of those really long rollers. Um, but I, I don't know how high the ladder would have to go for me to mask out the uh, the, the awnings and the. It's the, also the, the public like nature that. of the work. If you're doing that and it's say a few days' work, you're out there every day. Every single neighbour's going to see you and going to know that you did it. Yeah, exactly. If it's an absolute shit job, I, I did some plastering uh, uh, last week, and uh, I don't think I don't think <laughs> they are absolute. The proper good plasterers are artisans, aren't they? Yeah, they have really you seen are. them? They, they really work are. so fast and so brilliantly. And yeah. It looks so good at the end. Yeah, it's great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, I, my advice would be to, to hire it, one to get it looking like a like a proper wall. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm terrible at that kind of stuff, so I yeah. I, uh, I feel your pain. All right, let's get out of there. We'll be back on Thursday with some more of this. Um, we've got some more batteries to get through as well. We've got some excellent emails and some stories for you, so we'll look forward to that. Thank you very much for listening today, Peter. Anything to add from you? No, I want to go. Okay, Bye. let's go. See you later. See ya. Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.